welcome into 30 Minutes of Hell on the Field of 68 Network with my man, who I've been battling with since the seventh grade, <laughs> Scooty Penn, Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. yes. 9.95, all scholastic, 99 Final Four with Ohio State, Big East Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year, second yeah. round draft pick, Atlanta Hawks. BABC 95. Yes. And you know, years. I've been going through, I, I got the VHS tape uh-huh. of 94 <laughs> Battle in North <laughs> Reading, Salem versus Everett High School. Hold on, John, my airplane. See? Got you, you rattled. You, got you, you rattled. You want to bring up when you guys beat us? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Goodness. Hey. Got you know, rattled on that one, Scooney. I, I knew what's coming. I knew what's coming. I knew once I got out here, you was gonna bring that up. Uh, yeah, you, Shannon Crooks, you guys had a nice team, man. Knocked us out. We did. But we you did. guys ended up. You won the state championship the year after, so you got the year after. Yeah. You went out in style. There's no doubt. So what's up, man? Right now, you're assistant coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. You have been with them what a couple years? The two, two years now? Three years now. Three years. Yep. Three years. Three yep. years before that, you were on staff at Ohio State. Yeah. Training kids, staying around the game. So yep. for Razorback fans watching, listening, and of course our uh, Boston folks, BABC folks, it's good to reconnect with you, man. And it's kind of, yep. you know, coming full circle with those games last night. You played in the Final Four with Ohio State in 99. You, um, I know you guys maybe get a little bit of time, right? You get a break in the NBA schedule right now. Is that no, right? No, we actually, uh, no, we, um, we play Utah um, Tuesday, so we leave to go to Utah tomorrow. Okay. Um, okay. No, they, there's like four games left. Most teams about four or five games. Some teams play today. Uh, four games. The last game's on April 10th, and then um, a little break. Uh, playoff start. You guys sit what second in the West. Yep, second seed. Um, we sold up the second best record in the NBA. I mean, that's ours. Um, so we're just going to play it accordingly, you know, finishing yeah. up here and try to keep our guys in good health um, and get the proper rest that we need. So last night's Final Four, obviously huge. Uh, we're doing this on the Sunday after the Saturday night games. North Carolina beats Duke. Since Coach K into mm-hmm. early retirement, he can start working yeah. at AT&T today. Right, he's doing all those AT and T commercials. Yes. He, he can stop managing that store immediately, and then uh, Kansas Definitely. takes care of Villanova. What um, mm-hmm. what what stood out to you when you're watching as a as an NBA uh-huh. assistant coach now? What are you watching? Do you watch the same way as you did a few years back? Um, I try. Um, it, it's just crazy because being in college for years, um, a lot of these kids I watch come up. I watched them a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you you try to watch through the same lens, but it's difficult because now I watch it as if, you know, what guy fits into the NBA? Um, right. What guy's game translate? Um, but at the same time, I think I get the most joy just fan of college basketball. Um, it's fun. The essence yeah. of basketball, they're playing for the university, they're playing for their teammates. Uh, it's the best three weeks in basketball, hands down. And... Um, you know, the NBA is such a long season, 82 games, a lot of ups and downs. You find some games that are not so good on a Tuesday, Wednesday night. Uh, but this time of year is great. So that's why I just sit and I watch these games out of pure joy. And I just want to see which kid is going to step up and come through because the NCAA, it makes stars. 
you know, some kids yeah. you might not hear them. And then for three weeks, all of a sudden they just take off and now they're household names. Well, you, your run, um, in 99, you had a heck of a uh-huh. regional, yeah. I think you, you were the regional MVP, right? Would yeah. You, I had you, a great regional. We beat, uh, we beat, uh, Auburn. We was a number four, oh, five yeah. seed. Chris, beat Auburn. Chris Porter and, uh, Chris Porter, Auburn and St. John's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, Doc Robinson. Yes, they had a good teammate. They were the number one seed. They were yeah. the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, they were rolling that year. And, um, you know, I knew once we matched up against them in the Sweet 16, I felt good against them. And then us against St. John's in Elite Eight was a monster game that uh, we, was happy, we happened to pull off. They had Ronald Test, um, Eric Barkby, LeVar Postel, you know, Tyrone Grant. They had a really good team as well. Yeah, that year, 99, my senior night game we mm-hmm. played Auburn and they were ranked number two in the country. and we oh they came in above wall it was over it was over for a starter man I mean they, <laughs> they shouldn't even taken off their warm-ups um so I, I can remember so Scooney goes to BC I'm telling I'm telling the folks now how it all went down Scooney okay. went to BC yep Scooney they didn't offer me a scholarship Coach O'Brien had already had his team. He gave he gave my scholarship to Andy Bedard. Andy Bedard. Out of Maine. Andy Bedard. Maine. Out of Maine. Yep. So I committed to Arkansas. We're sitting on the stands. You probably don't remember this. You go, Pat, you going to Arkansas? <laughs> 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 he said, you said, you're going to get any burn there? He goes, he goes, they got Scotty Thurman. They got quarterback. He's going to get any burn. And, uh. I was like, well, I think they're all going to leave because they went back to back Final Fours. And actually, uh-huh. Corey was graduating, but Scotty left early and those guys left early. So that's just a little history uh, between me and you going, going back there. Hold on, Pat. Hold on, Pat. Before, uh, I, have, I have some Arkansas ties a little bit because one of my young fellows, I call my young fellow who transferred back to Ohio State, J.J. Sellinger. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, also Drew Lavender. Those are two guys that went there from Columbus. And they went to uh, Arkansas first. And then Lavender transferred to Xavier. JJ transferred back to Ohio State. And yeah. I can tell you this much. You know, JJ and I are close. And this kid loved Arkansas. He always <laughs> talked about Arkansas. And I know he follows you guys. And he follows what goes on with the program. And he right. always comments and talks about it. So um, that's great. Yeah, so I, that's why I was player, man. Yeah. We, we missed yeah. him. We missed him when he transferred. Um, yeah. So you, you get a chance to watch – Probably not a lot of college basketball, but you did see the Hogs. Oh, yeah, a lot. It yeah, went yeah, to the yeah. tournament. Yeah. And, you know, what we're all thinking of now the season's over, like J.D. Note, who was our leading scorer, he's a, he's, he's a score first point guard. And I don't know if you got a chance to see enough of his game, but mm-hmm. how, if you did, how does that translate? From college to the NBA, his game. I think I think he has a chance. Um, no, I, I had a chance to watch you guys quite a bit. I mean, being here in Memphis isn't too far, and right, right over the border. I live downtown, and if I go five minutes over the bridge, I'm in West. I'm in West Memphis, which is Arkansas, and I always go to that Walmart, and I see nothing but Arkansas shirts <laughs> everywhere. So right over the bridge, it, yeah, it's crazy. So there's a lot of fans there, but no, he uh he has a chance. I think um. I think with the path of the two ways and the G League, it helps a lot mm-hmm. of guys. Um, the fact that he is a scoring point guard, because if you look throughout the league, yeah, you need backups who can facilitate and lead a team. But so you, also, you also need guys who can come fill it up and can score because 
if you look at the NBA scores, guys are scoring 120 points a game. You know, right. you've got to be able to fill it up. Um, it's fast-paced, a lot of three-point shooting. And, and what I've noticed and the way it goes now is you have to be a point guard. Not, not only can you facilitate and take care of the team, you have to be able to score. If you're not a scorer, then you just become a defensive liability, an offensive liability. And now we play five on four. So right. I love running to point guards who really not scorers. It makes it easier, easier us on easier on us on defense. So uh, the fact that he can fill it up, uh, I think that he will have a shot at some point at the NBA. So um, Eric Musselman was yeah. an NBA coach for the Warriors, Sacramento King. He was my assistant coach when I went to the Atlanta Hawks. Was he really? Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. I'm gonna have to shoot him a message, let him know that. So you know you've been around him. Yeah, he's a he's intense man. man. He's, he's crazy hey, in a good way. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't know if he wants me to tell a story, but I got a I got a great muscle man <laughs> story. To tell. <laughs> but no, I, I thought that after he left Nevada and went to Arkansas, um I actually he came to one of our games a couple years ago because uh the twins that he had, one of them was playing for I think when we played Charlotte, he came to a game to see one of the former players. Um, and I had a chance to talk to him for a brief moment. Um, but he was very fiery in practice, tons of energy. I think he actually makes a great college coach because that fire works in college more than it does in the pros. Um, mm. But, no, I'm happy for Muss, man. Muss is killing it. He's doing a great job recruiting. Um, I thought they were really good. You guys were really good last year as well. Um, who did we play against the other day? That's from Arkansas. Uh, Bobby Porter. Oh, yeah, Bobby Porter. Moses Moody, that's right. We played. He was there. We played. Um, we played Golden State. Uh, recently, yeah. he was out there. So you know, I, I've definitely followed you guys because you know I'm a fan of Muscle and I think he does a great job. That Moses was a uh, first one and done. Because yeah. Joe Johnson was sophomore, Bobby Portis sophomore. <clears throat> so what you mm -hmm. tell me is, you can't tell me the Muscleman story only maybe in the X-rated version. Is that what we're No, 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 no. It's not, oh, it's not X-rated. It's not X-rated. Um, so <laughs> we were in Summer League in Boston, actually. And um, Muscleman, you know, he's hyped. He gets rowdy, right? Wait, was and this was this in, was this in uh, 1999? No, this is 2000, 2001. Yeah. We was, okay. He was, he was, he actually, he was, uh, yeah, he was the assistant. I think he was a head coach that summer, probably. Uh, whether, I don't remember how it went, but I never forget it. Muscleman jumps up to yell, right? And I don't, I, and he's gonna probably be pissed. I don't know if he's gonna be pissed, but he probably won't care. And he goes to yell, and and I don't know what happened to his teeth beforehand, but one of his tooth fell out onto the court. <laughs> <laughs> and he jumped up and he grabs it and he, you know, sits back oh. down. Oh. And I look like, I'm like, what the? Yeah, so. Ask Muscle if he remembers that story. Ask if he remembers hey, that story. But, uh, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm not even joking, right? He's supposed to be coming on my podcast later this week. True story, Schoon. I'm not even joking. This tooth right here, my uh -huh. tooth, it's loose right now. Because in, in I caught an elbow in college, and, and they and knocked them both in. So I got to get these two yeah. replaced. Uh -huh. And I'm everything right now I'm trying to do. So my tooth doesn't pop out when I say That's certain it. words. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't I, feel it. Because I got, you know how it is, like, you probably have uh, lasting injuries, right? Oh, I, or maybe right. you don't. I do. Injuries, scars, all of that. Stitches, <laughs> eyes, stitches up under here, elbows, everything. So, yeah. Everything. Coach, I so <clears throat> took an elbow, college. They got knocked in so bad, 
that they just wired them back in. They like did uh -huh. dead. They're gonna fall off. Years we'll just wire them in, and you. Chicken, broccoli, and ziti. I take a uh -huh. bite of the broccoli. Just <laughs> department. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, so they could take care of it. a good eat. Um, you ever go to Rendezvous Ribs down there in Memphis? I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not huge on barbecue like that. I'm not. And here's the thing. I know there's tons of spots, places I go to get the good chicken. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. AJ Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shimon Williams, and Michigan's Stu Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. Because of that, I'm, so, I'm still laughing about that Coach Must story. I can just see his yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ask about it. I I wonder if you remember that shit. It was Boston. I'm going to text him when we get off uh, today and remind him. Um, but when I come, when I'm, I'm going to come to Memphis soon. I'm back living in Boston. But when I come back, Little Rock, I'll come up there, man. I'm going to yes, take you. I'm going to take you to Rendezvous Blue City Cafe. Don't worry about anything. Oh, and there's a thing I want to ask you. So the NBA diet. Now, yep. I don't know if you've heard. Tristan, because you talked about you guys got three chefs. You know, they can lay out anything they want for you and the guys to eat good. So do you see Tristan Thompson a few months ago talk about LeBron's diet? Yes, yes, yes. I've he seen said that. he eats pancakes. And, yeah. and I don't know if you just saw DK Metcalf did an interview with, with uh, Kevin I Garnett. Did. I did, I did, I did. I've seen that. Talk about he has hey. coffee, th three bags of chips, and, and one, one meal. Hey, listen. So let me on the can, inside, coach. On the inside. Do they, I mean, how is <laughs> the diet? This thing. It's a good diet. I can relate because through my whole playing career, I ate McDonald's. I ate right. whatever I want. I never really had a diet. I diet now because I'm over 40. So I want to make <laughs> sure I eat good. But um, I think our people do a good job of trying to give our guys a healthy diet. But we know that they eat whatever they want because right. when you get on the plane, there's food already. The chefs make the food, bring it to the airport. 
before you take off, you have your food prepared and everything. But yet there's delivery and it's uh, uh, Chick-fil-A one day. Oh, uh, nope. it's, it's, it's all kinds of different food that they come on a plane with. So that lets us know that we know you guys don't follow this. You eat what you want. John Morant, who's one of the, becoming a superstar here in the NBA, the kid's diet, he eats whatever you want. It doesn't affect him at all. So they will start thinking like that as they get older. But right yeah. now, they're going to eat what they want. Hey, I, I remember we would, you know, in college, whatever, you know, you, they get the pregame meal. Mm-hmm. And half our team, man, and you, you, you probably can relate to some of these. They would go, we would leave the pregame meal, team meeting. Uh, we'd be driving back to our dorm. And I'd see half of them in line at the Taco Bell, McDonald's, whatever. 100%. 100%. We did the same thing. McDonald's all the time. Burger King. And that was our fuel. And I think, yeah. I mean, at that age, it worked for us. Well, coaching, we went through like a two, three game losing streak. And Coach Richardson was pissed uh-huh. at us, yelling at us at, at pregame mail. He's like, we got everything for you guys. You want this. You want that. Look at all this food. He said, you know what? Screw it. He said, I want you guys to go back to eating, which you did when I was recruiting you, because that's what you when you were playing good. So he said, go eat, the go eat your McDonald's, man. He said, that's when you were playing good. Um, but that's just, you, you know, th- some of those things just stand out to you, man. Um, so what? So, so you did. You played for Mus. You talked about John Morant, um, who's just been, man, he – Talk about exploding, like, yeah. on the scene. And he was a mid-major guy. Yeah. Did you, you ever think about how a guy like him – it's funny. Didn't he play in Zion Williamson's, like, AAU team? Yeah, they were on the same team, AAU as kids. Yep. They all so from the how, same area. How, how, does it, how do you think a guy like that is able, you know, not go to a major program, mm-hmm. highly recruited, and then all of a sudden he just – flipped the switch and, and then now he's one of the best in the NBA. Uh, how does well, that I think, I think it goes to show you that um, sometimes evaluating talent, they get it wrong uh, yeah. because I mean, right now he probably weighs 170, 175 pounds. I mean, he's six, two and a half. So you look at a guy like that who's small and you're like, ah, oh, well he's small, but not understanding, give this kid a couple years to develop with his skill level, his quickness, his athletic ability, but more importantly, he has one of the highest basketball IQs in the NBA right now mm-hmm. in the third year. Um, I just think people miss out sometimes. Sometimes some guys get too much hype and you overlook certain guys. And that I, I think that's a great example of going to the right school. I right. don't think high majors are for everyone. Um, mm. But I really feel like the recipe now, you want to become good, you want to develop fast, go where they're going to put the ball in your hands, where you're going to play. The high major, you already have other five-star, four-star kids. Um, you might not play as much early on. When you go to school where you can play from day one and start to develop, right. work on your game, and learn on a job, I think that translates well um, for kids to get better quicker. And then, you know, some might explode, some might not. But we see that a lot now um, where, you know, you look at the recruiting and, and for college and for NBA, you look for a certain model. Now that model has changed. You can be at a low major and become an NBA star. Because right. you have an opportunity to play and showcase your skills where five-star kids can go to a big school and not play at all, and then you forget about it. So when you you were coming out, 99, mm-hmm. I, my senior was 99. Yours, well, you could, you got drafted in well, I, tra- I Yeah, I got drafted in 99-2000 because I transferred to Ohio State, so I had to sit that year. 
sit that I year out. We were the same, yeah, we were the same class, uh, but I got I had to sit the year out, and then that's why I got the ninety nine two thousand year. Yeah, that draft. Uh, yeah, with the Hawks. So you fast forward twenty years, and mm-hmm. you know I'm an old head man. I get the grays every time somebody. Hey, tries we to both say, old man. <laughs> so every time someone said, "Ah, oh, the game's so much different. Game has changed." How do you think it has? If mm-hmm. if you do. And, and like no, how much 2000 to 20, 2022? I think it changed tremendously. And Pat, we were born too early. <laughs> if we were born, yeah, I'm serious. If we were born in the 90s and we were playing now, we'd be in the NBA making a lot of money. The game has changed because they've taken away the physicality mm. where you had to be a stronger guard. It was hard to get your shot off. Um, and I think before you had to be able to do multiple things. If you were just a guy who could just shoot, they would say, well, he can't play no defense. He can't dribble, yada, yada. You have to be able to do multiple things. Now, I think the NBA is more about specialists. If you're a defensive guy, you play D, and we'll put you in a corner, and hopefully you can make a shot from the corner. If you're a hmm. shooter, we're going to find out how to get you shots and hide you on defense. If you're a facilitator, we're going to put shooters around you so you can find guys. There's no more big men that play in the post, so the court is spread out. It allows people to get in the lane. Mm-hmm. And then I think one rule that really helps a lot of guys, which, and Steve Nash, Hall of Famer, great player, everything, but that change of the way you could defend changed the game because now I can't even touch you. So guys, when they know they're in a penalty, attack, a little bump, they're blowing a whistle, you get to right to the line because right. they want the game so free-flowing that they allow these things to go on. That's why you have scores 120, 118 every game. Um, it's, I'm not saying it's, yeah, I think it's easier. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the skill set is high because the athleticism and you have seven footers playing on the perimeter. They develop that way. But as far as the physicality and, and the toughness of games, no, it's very different. They, they, a lot of these kids, if they were putting them in our era, they would have a hard time surviving because of the physicality, just the way the game was played. Um, so there, there has been a lot of change, but these kids have adapted. And these kids, are, they're awesome at what they do. Right. What do you do now with a Kevin Garnett? I mean, Kevin Durant, who is, you know, 6'11", and he can shoot from anywhere. You can't stop his shot. I mean, there's nothing you can do with him. So <clears throat> I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, how, how do you think, the tr- like, the training has changed? So, like, mm-hmm. let's just say from when we were, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, 10th grade, mm-hmm. you know, doing our drills. I can remember, actually, for everyone listening, school – Scooney Kane, Salem City team came and played at the Everett Recreation. Everett Recreation, yep. I remember before the game, you and, and I forget who it was, your backcourt dude, you, you guys got the jump rope out during, before the yes. game, warming yes. up. I, was like, I, I coached at us on that. I was like, that's next level, man. These dudes are jump rope stretching before the game. You guys yep. are doing like this. I was like, dang, I never we seen that. We had a crazy that. coach. <laughs> Our coach had us on that stuff. So how, how, how is like that kind of, you know, uh, this kind of stuff we did, mm-hmm. you know, our dribbling drills, um, you know, what's a stutter step inside out. Uh, when you're training somebody, mm-hmm. is it similar stuff that we did back then that you yeah. find or you still do that? I, wholeheartedly. I think that stuff was good. Um, I think now people go above and beyond because of Instagram, you have everyone who thinks they're a trainer. Everyone thinks they know what to do because they see some YouTube videos, which is good. It works for some. I think 
I think training now is overboard. People come up with crazy ideas. They do some unbelievable stuff. Some are good, but some is too much. Right. It's it, To me, it's still the basics. It's still the basics. I love to bring it out with NBA guys. I still bring out the cone. We work on mm-hmm. cone, ball handling. We work on finishes. Um, you know, we do a lot of things that I did as a kid growing up. I'm not a big fan of all the whole two ball basketball drills that, you know, Steph Curry does. It's good for something, but my thing is you play one ball and you play moving. So let's move with the ball, things like that. I just think with the with with the social media, with the internet, people yeah. just go out of their mind with these training stuff. But what I've noticed that works and a lot of coaches do, the same thing we did 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, it right. remains the same. That stuff gets you right and it gets you ready and proves your game. So why reinvent the wheel? You can get a little, you can become more challenging, yes, but um, I just think some people just go overboard with it. They yeah. really do. But it, it, it's it's no different. You had to do it then, you should do it now. Right, yeah. No, I agree, man. Some of it is, that, like you said, unfortunately, it's more about getting the attention on the clicks. And yeah. I mean, you see some wild stuff out there, man. Yeah. People, um, what they do. So when, when you... Um, Looking back at your career in Mass, um, who were some of the, the players you remember that stand Wait one out? second, Pat. I can hear you real quick. You got me? Who were some of – now that we're bringing it back a little bit, who were some of the players in Massachusetts that that had an impact on you? The guys in Massachusetts that, I, that had an impact on me, you said? Yeah, like playing – where they were – they, you know, a little older than you, you competed against that you remember, and yeah, yeah. kind of the, your peers that you remember. And this is so the, the first, the old the first guy was, heads that yeah, listening. the first guy was Rick Brunson. Yeah, Rick Brunson. Uh, Rick Brunson. You know, I mean, figure he went to my high school. Yeah. Um, I watched Rick a lot, and then you know, I, I wanted to do everything Rick did. I wanted to beat his records, everything he had. Um, and then it was my peers. It was you guys. It was you. It was Wayne Turner. Uh, Mike Edwards, uh, you know, yeah. Marcus Wills, Chris Heron, yeah. you know, all the guys in the state. And then we took it a step further where we started running to Stephon Marbury, you know, Chauncey mm-hmm. Billups, you know, all those guys. And, and it was it was kind of it, it wasn't that, you know, we had to wait to get the Street and Smith magazines that came out. <laughs> and we wanted to see where guys rank high was doing through the magazines. Um, and then we see each other at camps. And then that's where you kind of, you know, size of your competition and see where you stood. But. I just feel like in our era, there were so many good players, especially yeah. guards were everywhere, that that's what I looked at. Like, I looked at my peers, like, okay, I got to see what these guys are doing, how good they're playing, how much are they winning, you know, where they get recruited to, and then that is motivation. It was motivation for me. I, I know, like, for me growing up, where we did, and there was, it seems so big and confusing now, like the uh, AAU scene, so, you know, great Leo Papel, BABC. Yeah. Well, can you believe he's still, he's still coaching? I saw him. I, I see him. I, I, it's unbelievable to me, man. We're walking <laughs> with his dog. <laughs> he's got the dog with the BABC jersey on now. I mean, the dog is, is I think the dog's got a better winning percentage than I did when I tried to coach uh, back, back in the day some AA. Hey, hey, hey Pat, Leo and that dog are going to outlive all of us. <laughs> he's beautiful. And, so he he was able to, you know, there was a few other programs, um, the Buddies, Greater Boston in, in Massachusetts, but mm-hmm. you were able to get all that 
That's what yeah. I appreciated about it. It was like every time we played, you were playing against the best. Yeah. You know, there wasn't 30 teams. It was different because here, here, here's how it changed. It changed once the shoe deals came in. When the Nike mm-hmm. came in, Adidas came in, and then Under Armour eventually came in, it changed the game because before, in our eras, it was the best of the best played on a team. Depending on how big your city was, like New York, you had probably two to three. You know, Riverside, Gauchos, and maybe Brooklyn, USA. Cali had two. Um, Chicago had two. But most states had one really good team that you played nationally. And then everyone else is regionally. And then you had the locals. And you had to kind of work your way up. And the better you got, then you would play on the big team and you travel. Now, everyone creates an AU team. They pay your fee. And now you play in all the big tournaments. And it's watered down. It becomes about money. That's why I was like, our era better. Because you played more games against the better players more mm. often than not, because it was more national. Every team wasn't invited to come play in the big tournaments. You had to have a good team to come in. Right. Now, as long as you pay your fee and you get it early enough, you can put a team in, in, in the tournament and get smacked. I mean, I went through years with my son playing AAU, and I just seen how it was working, and it was very different. I yeah. felt like a lot of these kids now, they should be in regional tournaments. Play in your region. Why have your parents spend money? You travel all across the country, go get beat by 30 points. Right. It's not, it's not smart. Wait right. till these kids get better and then get on a team that will travel nationally and be able to compete. Um, so, you know, it's all about getting looks. You figure you take kids everywhere, maybe they get a look at a, a college coach can see them and get some exposure. But that's what it comes down to national, regional, local. I like that model better than now because Nike has tournaments and you go play for Nike tournaments. Yeah. That's how it's- it works. The, tra- the, the, the travel is great. Like, I got, you know, I, I coach with some AU teams, and I was, I, I've since gone away from that because of just the insane track. It's like, I don't want to tell people that wasting, you might be wasting your time, but then yeah. I see my friends and travel, they have to do with their kids. And it's like, man, you know, we had Sweet Chuck back in the day that could drive everybody around. You know, yes. he, by the way, he take, he, he's taking all the credit for your success, man. Sweet Chuck. He takes I, credit for Kobe Bryant's success. So, you yeah, know. Exactly. Sweet, <laughs> Chuck, Sweet Chuck has been there from, from day one, man. Hustling. Yes. Got to give him his respect. So you're um, assistant coach with the Grizzlies. What's your specific role that's like throughout the day, uh, mm-hmm. some of the things that you have to do? Well, as an assistant, it's cool because the way that, you know, the coach has it set up is that everyone does a piece of everything. Because mm-hmm. this is how he learned, and um, I think it helps us out. Um, we all do scouting. You all have a certain amount of games to do throughout the season. Um, we all do developing. So I have my four guys that I mainly work with, and then other days I work with other guys. I live near, I live downtown, so when they come to the arena, the guy wants to be at your work, just call me and I'll come in. Um, game planning. So we, I, I literally do everything. I do a piece of everything, which all the coaches we do. Uh, um, you know, we have our we have our video guys that kind of cut everything up for us, but we also do analytic numbers. You know, we look over those things. Um, I also am in charge of like I deal with our G League team to where the players that we get called up, check on them, see how they're doing down there. I went to watch them play last night. Um, also, I'm a, I'm coach appointed me in a fun committee. So when we go on the <laughs> road or we have time. What are some things we do with our team? So I like the golf. So we always said we set up top golf. A lot, oh yeah, so our guys top golf. Uh, we've gone bowling. Uh, we have movie nights on the road. 
Um, we went to the National um, Civil Rights Museum here, just set up different things for our team. You know, I think that's what helps us. That's why we're successful. I think our camaraderie, our locker room is really good. And um, just try to put those things together, that team building for us, I think it's important. I was just telling that story with somebody how, <clears throat> like, the higher the level you get, it's, you know, you almost spend less time with yeah. each other just off the floor. Everyone's got their own room, you know, yeah. in a 15 passenger van, you know, you're in a spread out plane and chemistry suffers because, you know, you, you can think back to when, you know, you were, you know, traveling and everybody is next to each other. Those yeah. are the building moments. And, and, you know, I, 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 I told the story how like, you know, even like growing up, you know, when you're a family that's everybody's all on top of each other, you know, you might fight a little bit, but yeah. you, you get that chemistry. You get to know, really know somebody. Exactly. And then when you move to the big house, yeah, everybody's got their own yeah, space. Own space yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody can stay away from each mm -hmm. other. There's no chemistry anymore. And it happens in families. It happens on teams. Uh, so I'm glad you said that, man, because that was that's a that's a very important part of, of success i think we you do know go with that. our guys hang out when they go on the road yeah. when they hang out it'll be like eight guys will go all together and that's right. rare because nba teams don't do that guys do their own thing they have their own entourage with them a lot of times our guys spend time together and it shows on the court scooney you're the man appreciate you on uh, your day uh, off too man yes yeah, my day, day off today off. yeah this is my day off i'm gonna uh, you know what i'll say about going roller skating later <laughs> don't get hurt man come on man don't get hurt no nah, nah, I'm, I'm nice with the skates i'm not gonna get hurt i'm nice with the skates you do I'm the roller blades or the roller skates you do roller the roller skates to go to roller skating ring yeah. old school yeah now you know, yes. i take you know i go <clears throat> there sometimes now with, and you see people with the roller blades but i'm, I'm no, a roller skate person. i'm a roller skate <laughs> i need four wheels i'm not doing that straight one wheel or five straight no i need I need balance in my life. You're so still shooting, right? All the time, man. But listen, we have shoot competition with our guys. Well, I get to win some money. Because the <laughs> young guys think that, oh, you can't play. When we run our drills real quick, for, since I've been here, I, I'm like the scout coach. So we run our pick and roll drills, the ball's in my hands, and they guard me all the time. So this is why I got to eat good for a little bit. You know, these guys really <laughs> try to play. They're bumping me. But the one thing that I can hold them off, like Josh trying to guard me, I'm strong enough to hold him off. Right. He might be quicker than me right now, but I'm stronger than him, so I can hold him off a little bit in play. So uh, I got to stay in some kind of shape. I can't look like the bumps he's got. No. Well, then when so. I come to visit, I'm going to make sure I'll, I'll wait on the rendezvous ribs. I'm going right. to make sure you be good because you're representing all the, all the older generation. All the old guys now, right? <laughs> For sure. Man, I can't believe you. So proud of you, man. I appreciate you, Thank man. You. You've always been one of the best. You've been fun playing Thank against you. Very, you know. You, you, you were the best on the court and off the court. Appreciate you know, it was, it was, I still regret not being able to go to that trip in, to Greece. Remember, we were supposed to go to Greece in college? Man. Hey, Greece was it, man. Greece was it. <laughs> that was, it was supposed to be you, Michael Red. I was going to join that. Uh, we had a good time. Oh, we I, had a great time. It was two weeks in Greece. We had some good parties, but we played some good basketball as well. Man, I could believe I, I long story I had to go back and take a summer class because my 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 I, I didn't take care I didn't take care of it during regular 
<laughs> I think we all been there a time too. Yeah. All right, man. Be good. Appreciate you. I'll hit you up and uh, I'll let you know when we, when we uh, send this out. All right. Sounds good. All right, Pat. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Take care. All right, Scooby. Thanks.